they became committed. What was the success, you know, that they lived in the, in the face of Jesus. But I can remember how God took us from a little place called Bethel. Amen. Y'all remember that? Amen. Amen. Now Bethel is a beautiful little church. Amen. It was old. It was tattered. It was it was it was worn. But you know what? It was a resting place for us. And we had some good times there. We had some good friends. Amen. Still have those friends. But you know what? Bethel compared to this structure, there's no comparison. Amen. God took us from where we were and brought us here. Set us in a place where we had the, 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 the freedom to move about with every amenity we needed. Yes. Are y'all hearing me today? Yes. Amen. Took us from where we just had one room for service and another room for, for fellowship. Gave us everything we needed in terms of a fellowship hall, a life center, a big campus. Did all of those things. And in my mind's eye, brought us in the, the midst of what I believe to be somewhat of an international ministry. Where we've got different folk worshiping, amen? We've got nationalities coming together to serve and praise God. Amen. Man, i got to give God praise for that. Amen. i got to say thank you. who were able to sit down and, 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 and pray together and, and preach together and, and, and feast together in so many different occasions and settings. He did that, brought us from where we were, not afforded that chance, and gave it to us here. So again, I just say thank you, God, for making it so special, our tenure here. And now we come to a time where we have to say, you know what? It's time God is saying to us, listen, you've been comfortable Amen. Amen. You didn't have to worry about taking care of the grounds too much. Maybe one time a year we got together, maybe two, and we raked leaves and, and did all sorts of little, you know, household chores. But for the most part, that's not been our responsibility. Amen. 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 We've been able to come and go as we please. Amen. Amen. And now God is saying, okay, now when you come and go, I want you to be like my Jews. I want you to be like the Israelites. Understand what happens here. Understand what happens. See, before God got them in the promised land, everywhere they went, they took their tent. That's right. That's right. They took their tent. They had their house on their backs. Amen. So God is saying, I've given you all of this so that you can build your confidence that, lo, I am with you always. Amen. Even unto the end of time. But now God is saying, I'm getting ready to take you into the promised land. I'm going to put you less than a mile away from where I'm going to have you housed. Now, here's, here's the challenge. Will you be able to endure the distance? It took 40 years for the Israelites to wander in the valley of the wilderness. 40 years, which was only about a 30-day journey. That's right. Took them 40 years to get one mile. Just doing a little comparison there. We're going to be one mile from where we're going to build. Hallelujah, somebody. The question is, will it take 40 years for us to travel one mile? No. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. I don't know if y'all see this like God has imprinted it on my, on my heart. Amen. We're going to be within a mile. Which is significant to the journey that the Israelites had from leaving Egypt to the promised land. Amen. They were in walking distance. Amen. And it took them 40 years. 
And we don't want that to happen. And as we look forward, we need to be mindful that it's only one mile. How quick can we get there? I'm going to tell you, I know somebody. I know somebody by the name of Joshua. Hallelujah, somebody. Joshua says, listen, listen. I know where it is. Send, send us over to the land. Let us go spy out the land. Let us go over there and see what everybody is talking about. Amen. There's some folk around Matthews and Ben Hill. They're talking about this little church. Uh, do you not know that walking by faith didn't exist in the minds of many people before two months ago? But now... You're becoming a little bit of talk of the town. Yes, I like that. Amen? Amen. It stirs up a challenge, though. It stirs up a challenge because everybody would say, you know what, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? Well, Joshua, this was his approach. Hey, Moses, what are we going to do? And after Moses talked to God, of course, he says, okay, I want you to pick a representative from each tribe. And what we've been trying to do for the last few months, and we've been picking representatives from each tribe. Amen? Each family. That's exactly what we've been doing. We've been living a Bible story. But we have to be able to relate. We've been living a Bible story. So we've been calling on families to come forward, to go out and help us spy out the land. See what it is that we need to do. What we can do. Amen? In the authority and the power of God. And we've done that because we've put out some, 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 some feelers. Amen? Past weekend, we went out and put out over 800 cards in a community. Amen? Amen. All of the surrounding communities around where we're going to build. We've already spied that land out. Amen? Amen. See, it's not just the five and a half acres, is it? Right. It's everything that's around the five and a half acres that we're after. He's already given us the five and a half acres. We want everything around the five and a half acres. Okay, now, watch this. Watch Joshua. And then I'm going to move on. Joshua goes over the land with the other 11. Amen. He and Caleb, they spy out the land. And guess what? They bring their report back. I'm bringing the report to you today, ladies and gentlemen, that this is the last day here. Moses already knew what God had told him. And Joshua had already foreseen. He just didn't know how Moses wasn't going to make it. But he knew they were going to go into the land. Listen to what Moses says. Okay, give me a report. Everybody else says, you know what? There's some big giants in that land. Everybody said, you know what? Boy, that's a lot of money. Everybody said, you know what? Listen, we ain't but a few folk. And uh, that's, the, that, that's the same as saying, you know what? We're grasshoppers in our own eyes. Right? That's right. We're grasshoppers in our own eyes. But I'm not a grasshopper. I don't know about you. Amen. I'm not getting ready to hop nowhere. Amen. If I'm going to go, I'm going to run.
Sometimes it's that way and sometimes it's not. But he says to Moses, he says to him, listen, because you did something. That's why Moses couldn't go. That's right. That's right. You need to know that I'm trying to do my best. Brother Jimmy, not to mess up. Yes, sir. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm trying to do my best yes, sir. in Christ Jesus right. not to mess this thing up. Yes, sir. I need all y'all to keep me straight. Yes, sir. <laughs> boy, y'all. Amen. Because I'm like a little boy in a candy shop. Yes, Amen. I'll start running and I want to eat this and I want to eat that. Next thing you know, I get a tummy ache and then I can't do nothing. Amen. So y'all keep me straight. But here's the bottom line. He says to Moses, listen, I'm not going to let you see. I'm not going to let you over. I'm going to let you see. So he did. And there Moses died. Amen. This is why this story is important to this particular message as I move toward Luke. This story is important because i got a young leader. You've got a young leader. Amen. You've got a leader, and I can't make a testimony of myself. You have to know what my testimony is. You have to tell other people what my testimony is. When the newspaper starts to ask what kind of pastor you have, amen, when the newspaper starts to ask what kind of deaconship do you have, when the newspaper starts to ask what your trust, trustees look like, what do your choir looks like, and all of these things, are you going to say the positive thing? I want to show you how we move forward. I want to show you what's next. We might not have a 56 people who are actually committed to this, but when we start to speak it as if though we were 56, so the bottom line up front says, he says, listen, Joshua, Moses is dead, it's over, and you're the man. There's going to be some things I'm going to have to choose you for. I'm going to say, you know what, Deke is busy. You know what, the ministers are occupied. I got my trustees, they got their hands to the plow somewhere else. You're the man, I need you. Yes, you're the woman, I need you. Yes, we need to move forward, and you're the only free set of hands. I need you to be on the team. Yes, Hallelujah, somebody. I need you to be on the team. So he says to Joshua, Joshua, here's the truth. You're going to lead them over. And this is how it's going to work. You're going to take them over there and you're going, to, you're going to divide the inheritance between all 12 tribes. But here, Joshua, this is what I need you to know and this is what I need you all to know before I go to this book here. I need you to know that he told Joshua this is the only requirement. There's three of them. The first one is that you be bold. You be bold. As we walk away from here today, I do not want you thinking about what you're leaving behind. I want you to forget those things that are behind. I want you to start pressing to I need you to be courageous. I need you to have some tenacity. I need you to be able to look the adversary in the face. Who is the adversary? Everything that comes against the move that God has called us to That's the adversary. Every time it looks like it's only a few of us, let's not become defeated in our minds, but let's just say we got enough. Let's do it. Everybody wasn't here all yesterday. Everybody couldn't be here. They had things to do. They had missions in their own lives and their families they had to take care of. But the few that came, the mission was done. Was the mission just done for the few? No, it was done for all. Watch this. Not only be bold and courageous, but this is the part that really blows my mind. He says, now here's the thing. You gotta meditate. You gotta meditate on my word day and night. Because my word is the key to your success. The key to this move, be 
successfully achieved is meditating in the Word of God. Because what happens when you meditate in the Word of God, it removes your mind. It takes your feeble mind and replaces it with the mind of Christ. Hallelujah, somebody. I don't know if you know what it's like to think like Christ. It's sweet. It's very sweet. It's when you're in the midst of everything you ever thought you wanted, but it doesn't mean anything because of who you got. And who do you have? You got the king of kings. You got the Lord of all. You got the prince of peace that's on your side. So all of the stuff no longer matters. Okay, let me make it plain. Here's the truth of the matter. Go to your closet in your mind for a quick second. You see all the stuff that you haven't seen, haven't touched, haven't worn for the last 360 days. You got it, but it don't matter. You've got an abundance. You've got more than enough. Your cup overflows. It's just running all over the place. But that doesn't matter. What you're really after is a relationship that's going to make you feel like I've got the kingdom in my hand. Talk to him. He says, you meditate in my word day and night because that's going to establish our relationship. Don't worry about the can'ts in your life. Don't worry about the wants in your life. Worry more about or be more concerned with what God said. Amen. Whether you're in the season or you're out of the season. That's why he says, be instant in prayer. He says, pray always. Amen. And then he says the same thing about studying always. And then he says the same thing about preaching always. See, that's the way God is. He wants us to get in a place to where He can come to our boats. Uh-oh. Transition. 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 Are y'all with me? Luke. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. We're in the fifth chapter of Luke. And Jesus is already on the scene. They've already met Him in Matthew and Mark. Amen. They know Him. This is just another writer's account. Their boats are parked. Okay, some of y'all might have forgot the story, so let me read it for you. Here's the story. Luke 5, 1 through verses 11. Different translation, same message. Jesus was standing on the shore of Lake Gazaret. Gazaret. And while the crowd pressed upon him to listen to the words of God, Amen. He saw two boats, amen, riding close to the shore. They were empty, though. They were empty. So, again, sometimes our boats get empty. That's right. So, sometimes we've labored, amen. Sometimes we get tired. Anybody in here tired? Yes, sir. Amen. Not necessarily of the church so much, but you're just tired of having to deal with the same old thing all the time. And what you want to do is you just want to get off the boat. I'm tired of the shaky ride. I'm tired of the turbulence. I'm tired of all of the junk that I got to deal with every day. God, why don't you give me a break? It's not just limited to adults. It's also in the children's mindset. I'm tired of my daddy and my mama always finding fault with me. I can't do nothing right. I'm tired. I labored. I did everything that I knew to do, but I still can't get them to give me a blessing. Good God of mercy. I'm just tired, so get off my boat. Y'all ain't with me. See, because somebody who's going through something, they're about ready to say, look here, we ain't got to have a turbulence. See, all the 
know, I'm going to get out of here. I don't care what they say. I don't care. Listen here, you let me get the car keys in my hand. I might get on 85 and never come back. <laughs> Be like the prodigal son, boy, I dance one row all your life earnings and then come back. And you still got to come to that same little room that you hated. <laughs> so watch this, watch this. I don't know how many of y'all there, but listen, listen here. I'm going to tell you, if I got to get in that bed one more night, but you snoring like you ain't got no sense. <laughs> I want to make sure you're in tune, but see, these are the type of things that will get a relationship off the rocks. You understand what I'm saying? Listen here, look. I'm telling you, it don't make no sense for us to be broke every month. I don't know what you're doing with your check. But I'm giving everything I got. So you know what? You come in here one by one, you ain't got your part. Amen. Move all the stuff. Amen. 
or move yourself. Okay, now watch this. So, now you're communicating. He says to Simon, thank you. Thank you for moving. Thank you for moving yourself. And then he starts to, he starts to preach to me. He starts to preach. Jesus starts to preach. Do you know T.D. Jakes don't have nothing on Jesus? No, sir. Are y'all with me today? Yes, sir. See, everybody be looking at the five and the six and the seven thousand folk that flock to T.D. Jakes. Now, I love, you know, one of my fathers in the ministry. I call him that because I, I read so much of his stuff. I listen to so many of his sermons. I, I love the way he delivers. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but you know what? There are preachers who emulate themselves off of their, their pastors. We'll, we'll, we'll understand this. I don't sound nothing like some of the pastors that I went with. Amen? But the bottom line is God is using whatever he has for me. Amen? In me. So now watch this. He says, You see them all, Peter? They're hungry. They're hungry. Physically and spiritually. Yes, sir. So he crunches. But listen, here's point number two. Don't have a closed ear. You're not so smart that you know everything. When he said that to Peter about the message, he was actually telling Peter to listen. Peter, you need to hear this. Are y'all listening? Now that's not in the Bible. This is just, you know, kind of the illumination of the word that God's given me. So, so he says to Peter, sit down and listen. And I'm saying to you, instead of being so bullheaded about everything, sit down and listen. Shut your mouth. Stop always complaining. Get with the program. Stop trying to figure out what somebody else is doing. Why they got what they got. You just deal with what God gave you. You need to hear this. And as he preached, Peter's heart was convicted. Peter's heart was convicted. And I don't know about you, but I hope your heart gets convicted today. I hope something is said today that will identify with you and the way you've been acting. I know it will with me. And Peter sit there, and I believe while he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, he began to weep. He's on the boat. He's the only one on the boat. Listen to what I'm saying. He is God, Jesus. And he's on the boat alone with Jesus. Everybody else is on the shore. Do you know the power that's on that boat? Yes, Of the strong delusions of sin. 
Listen, some of you all, and I know, I know, I know, you're going to call me a liar. But some of y'all have been in church for about 10 years, and you're still doing the same thing. There's strong delusions. And you won't be able to come to a point of commitment in anybody's ministry until you get out of your doggone delusional lodge. I'm not talking about the folk who are outside the church. I'm talking about the folk who are inside the church. You've convinced in your mind that you are righteous. You did it so many times that you didn't start saying what your grandma and your granddaddy said. I'm going to heaven anyhow. Amen? How you baptized, born again, you know, all that stuff. And you're going to heaven anyhow. And you're lying every day. I need you to sit down on the boat with Jesus and hear Him preach. I need you to find a quiet place where you can just listen to the Word as the Word ministers to your heart. Not from me, but you opening your eyes up and letting the Spirit of the living God develop a relationship with you. So you can stop living this life because Peter didn't repent when he heard the preaching. You come to the altar and you go through the motions, but you don't change your lifestyle. Brother Walter said in Sunday school this morning that I have learned, he was thinking, making a statement of himself, I have learned that preaching, or should I say that Christian, being a Christian, is a lifestyle. Or that studying the Word of God is a lifestyle. It, 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 it changes the style that I had, and it gives me a new style. And now I'm more attuned to what the Spirit of God is saying. Now watch this, watch this. Peter is sitting there, but that wasn't enough. Listen, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. You've got to have somewhere inside of you a spirit of obedience. Come on, man. Amen. Somewhere inside of you. Because the sermon will be over, Jimmy, after a while. Amen. One o'clock going to get here in a minute, and you're going to get restless. Amen. So watch what Peter does. After the sermon is over, Jesus turns around and gives him an invitation to the altar. You're quiet now because you want to know what's coming next on you. Well, I bet you do. He didn't give an invitation, Pastor. You're not telling the truth. Yes, he did. Yes, he did give him an invitation. It's the same thing that you do. He says to Peter, Peter, did you hear the sermon? Did you hear it? Yes, Master. He says, did you hear the sermon, Peter? He says, now, Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep and drop your net. Listen, that's an invitation if I ever seen one. Listen, what was Peter? A fisherman. What was Peter tired of? Fishing. He had been fishing all night long. Amen? All night long, didn't catch nothing. And he was tired. He knew he couldn't put his nets up dirty because they wouldn't be worth using the next time. So he was washing his nets because he was done. And he gives him an invitation. Peter, launch out now into the deep and lower your nets. That's what happens when the word goes forward. God tells you to launch out from your seats. Come up to the altar. Take a step in my direction. Launch out into the deep. Yes, sir. I know you don't know what it's like to be a born-again believer. 
But I want to share that with you. I want to, I want to walk you through this thing. I want to let you know that when you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're in the deep waters now. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. You're in deep waters now. And God says, I want to make you a fisher. I want to make you a fisher like never before. Yes, sir. Now, Peter has a choice. You've got to have a spirit of obedience on this trip. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you to do some things as God lays it on my heart. And other folk are going to ask you to do some things that seems virtually impossible. Yes, sir. You're going to do what? We're going to a multi-purpose room in Crown Point Elementary School. You look in your bulletins today, you'll see the hours of the church service. Yes, sir. It's not going to be any of this thing. You're not going to see any big crosses on the wall. You're not going to see banners or anything like that. And somebody is saying, how are we going to have church in a multi-purpose room? Got basketball strikes on the floor. Amen. Amen. It's a little elementary school. You didn't even get a high school pastor. What's wrong with you? Amen. Are y'all listening? Yes, sir. Amen. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that looks virtually impossible. Yes, and that's the way Peter felt. Yes, sir. Amen. Hey, come on, Lord. Amen. I already apologized. Did you hear me down there cry? Did you see the tears in my face? Listen, we've been fishing all night. And how many of y'all understand that fishing is done best at night? All right. Yes. Yes. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. Fishing is done best at night because somebody said that when the fish get up. <laughs> and y'all know that's not true. <laughs> somebody will go back home and say, y'all, we need to get our boat, get ready to go out at night. Pastor said that when the fish won't. No, it's just a good opportunity to fish because the water is calm. Yes, sir. Amen? Amen? It's a good opportunity to fish, and some folk do it wrong. They take lights out there and they draw the fish to them. Amen? That's illegal, by the way. Don't get caught. They'll put you in jail. Amen? So they had fished all night long from the ninth hour, or should I say the twelfth hour, all the way to the first hour. They had been out there. Now watch this. The obedience part comes into play. He heard the message. He heard the word. So he says reluctantly. Are y'all with me, King? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. King. Reluctantly, he says. I'm, I'm going to do it like this. Okay, Pastor. You really don't want to do it. Okay, Pastor. And you really don't want to do it. But you say, okay, Pastor. Not you, King. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Okay, Pastor. And then I'm standing up there waiting on you. Yesterday I was late. Yesterday I was an hour late. You know how many calls I got yesterday? I'm the pastor. They could, where are you? And could you imagine who called me, brother? I'm not going to go there anymore. I was late and I got phone calls like, why are you not here? And I'm telling you, that's exactly what they were too. Where are you at? What are you doing? We're already at the church. But I never call you and say that. I never call you and ask you, 
I don't pick, the only person I do that with is Miss Vincent. Uh, uh, now I call her, but she shut me down quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm where I am. Where you at? <laughs> I got the message. Okay, ma'am. I just wanted to let you know I'm at the house, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. Peter says, okay, Lord. If you say so. If you say so. He didn't want to do it. But he was obedient. Yes, sir. Sometimes you're going to hit things that you don't want to do. As we build this building. It's going to be some times that you just don't want to do nothing. It's going to be some times that you're tired. Yes. Sister Galloway, I come to practice every Saturday morning. I do everything that I can. And now you're going to have me do some more? I'm just going to ask you to be obedient. Now watch this. So this is what he does. He takes the boat and he launches out at Jesus' command. And he says, if you say so. Now, here's... Here's the message for you today. Watch this. He lowers his nets down. And, yes. and this is what happens when he lowers the nets down. Put your hand in my hand. This is what happens to the whole boat. Are y'all with me? Because he hadn't caught anything. There's been no fish anywhere in that area all night. And now is at the most inopportune time. It's the worst time to fish. And he lowers his nets down. And this is what happens. She didn't even know she went down. She didn't know she went like this. But did you see that? It's the same feeling you get on a hook when the, when the fish... And, and, and what, am I, what am I telling you? You don't know what's down there. You don't know what's down the road. But God, see, everybody wants to say, Brother Kenny, this is a miracle. And by all purposes in the Bible, it is. But could it be that Jesus could see better than you? Could it be that your eyesight isn't good enough? Amen. Amen. But I want to take you to another area. 
can be obedient. Yes, and Peter dropped in. Yes, sir. And Peter, he said, wait a minute. Watch this. I can't lose the fish. I need some help. Hey, Calvin. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Al. Antonio. Yes, sir. But I'm going to confess all that to you right now. Yes, because if you stay on my boat, 
don't want you playing around with the little stuff no more. Yes, sir. He don't want you picking up pecans. He wants you to own the pecan. He don't want you picking up cans and selling them. He wants you to own the recycling. Yes. As you stand to your feet, yes. 